Dragon of the Movies. Hi, Berto. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dragon of the Movies. Terrible every time. Uh, how I are you? I see why. I think it's great. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> um, you doing okay? Yeah, of course I'm doing fine. Dragon, tell me about your week. Um, it, it, it's been pretty quiet. Uh, Andrew and I are on a little mini quarantine because we're going to go to his sister's wedding this weekend. So I'm really excited. And then we have our big family reunion right after that. So that'll be very fun. So I'll be, I'll be MIA for a week. And were you quarantining for monkeypox? Yes, from monkeypox specifically. Yeah. I gotta oh, stop okay, going but, all those orgies. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, topical. That nobody will get that reference. <laughs> I, and of course not. I will not, by the way. So, you know what? You guys do what you do. Still doing your European gay can't, orgies? Can't stop me. All right? Just so you know. Uh, Berto, you had a big weekend, though. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah. One of the other things I did is I saw one of our mutual friends, Brian, uh, this, oh, this past Oh, Dr. Love. Yeah, he was in town just for a really quick visit, so I got to see him. It was really nice. nice. I haven't seen him in a long time. He's one of your one of your boys. Yeah, how my, is your, one of how my original boy? BJJ boys. Yeah. How is how is he? He's he's Since good. You didn't tell me. He's super busy. I did tell you. You just don't listen to me. Um, yeah, super busy, point. killing it out in Texas. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good. Yeah. Uh, okay, Berta. What about you? You had a you had a good weekend. What did you do? Did I? I don't remember. Did I? You 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 ran a half. Oh oh shit! I forgot completely. I Jesus. literally. I'm not even joking around. I the not even a joke. I completely forgot. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just ran the Brooklyn Half Marathon. Yeah, so that was good. And you, it, that, that's the one that ends in Coney Island? Yeah, this is the one that you run down, you go through Prospect Park, for those mm-hmm. of you who are, for their millions upon millions of fans yes. who don't live in the city. Yeah. They basically starts by Prospect Park, you run around Prospect Park, then you run through Prospect Park, then you go all the way down Ocean Parkway until you get to the beach and you finish on the boardwalk. Very fun. So, um, yeah, it was fun, except it was, I woke up and it was 75 degrees. Yeah. And then it was, it went up to like 90 that day. Yeah, and then of course, when I woke up, there was like a thick misty haze and the humidity was insane. It was like 88% humidity. Yeah, it was, like it was truly really bad weather for, for a half marathon. Terrible because you're like, it's not, I don't feel hot, but yet I'm sweating like crazy. Yeah. And, and when then it, when it's that humid, I feel like the sweat doesn't dissipate as easily off your skin to no, pull you off. So you're just kind of no. fucked. Not at all. So basically, like, they sent out an email early on. Oh, like, when I woke up, I saw an email saying, like, uh, please make sure you drink lots and lots of water. Yeah. Do not, ne- do not neglect, uh, what's it called? Ignore this. Yeah. Um, so six people were taken to the hospital. Yep. Including one person who died. A 30-year-old died. Because I, in, my theory insane. is that, my theory is he didn't drink any water. You don't, well, Literally. Yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. Literally, like, around the same time that I finished. So, so my theory is we both made it to the boardwalk and then I just start because, you know, the last bit of the race, I always sprint the last bit. Yeah. We made it to the boardwalk. I started sprinting. He tried to keep up. <laughs> Berto. His own fault. He did die. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to do this. Uh, it does I'm suck. Not? Every, Would that every, get me canceled? I feel, yes. You're, I, I'm canceling you right now. I feel like every, <laughs> every year somebody dies at the Brooklyn Half. Not every year, but every year people are taken off to the hospital because yeah. they, it, it, what I've told people in the past is like you, you, they underestimate the heat. Yeah. And that's because you spend the entire like first half of the year training, which yeah. is January, February, like these nice cold months. You you're don't think about drinking water. Yeah, you're training in winter. Yeah. And then for some reason, the Brooklyn half just always happens to be the first hot day of the summer. Yeah. And so basically you've been training in a, like 50 degree weather, not worrying about overheating or anything the entire time. And then suddenly the first day you get out to run, you're suddenly like, holy fuck, it is yeah. hot today. 
so you're not your body is not you're like you you are not used to drinking water yeah so i tell anyone who runs it like just make sure you drink water do not neglect neglect it and you have to like tell yourself i'm going to drink water at these points yeah and it's better, I feel like it, I feel like it's better to stop and have to pee than it is to like dehydrate on your 13 mile run. It's just yeah. long enough where it's like it starts to be dangerous. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it was fucking horrible. Imagine mm-hmm. it's a 30 year old, right? 30 yeah. years old. Wild. Absolutely wild. crazy. Normally it's like an undiagnosed heart condition, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. 30 year old? I don't know. You don't I mean, know. They haven't. They also haven't announced that it was a heart failure. So or whatever heat exhaustion. Yeah. So they, that's me. They haven't said anything. Yeah. But also, I will not uh, research that, so yeah. it could be, could be com- something completely different. Very, he could have died of monkeypox. Yeah, we'll never know. And I wouldn't know. <laughs> very, very sad. Very sad. Um, that that yeah. that race ruined my knees. That's the race that I, I I ran it, and then my knees were literally never the same again after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could get them back by just doing yeah, but some I won't. Exercises. Shh, I won't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. And then what? Run? Like become a runner? Get up? Get the fuck yeah. out of here? What about you? I don't want to yes. do that. It'll be so much fun. Uh, should, should, okay, is that, is that enough about running? Should we dive into... <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. If you hate me talking about running. Mm-hmm. All right, Dragon. Why don't we start with a little segment we like to call Dragon on the Couch. Dragon? Yes, see. What did you watch on the couch this week? Okay, so I um, am going to start with a movie called We're All Going to the World's Fair. So this movie came out in 2021, um, directed by Jane um, Schobrun, I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, a very, very small indie movie. Um, and I, I had seen it advertised a lot. I can't remember where exactly. I feel like I saw it advertised at like Nighthawk or something like that. Like it's that kind of like um, independent movie type of thing. So it's a, it's a horror movie. Um, you can currently rent it if you want to see it. But it's basically about this girl. It's all shot through like mostly shot not all shot mostly shot shot through like web a webcam and it's this girl interacting um with this like online kind of role-playing horror game um okay there's only two actors in the whole thing anna cobb is the main girl um she's probably around like 15 i'm gonna guess maybe a little younger and there's one other dude that's in it uh the actor's name is michael rogers there it's like anna cobb's you know debut um in any kind of on-screen thing uh okay and i the so the way that the the way that the uh trailer makes the seem is that it's going to be like maybe there's something like taking over her body or there's something coming through the computer or something like that like it it makes it seem like it's sort of a supernatural Supernatural. yeah horror kind of thing um that Mm -hmm. has to do with like technology but that's not that's not really what it is um it's a pretty it's only an hour and 26 minutes and it's kind of slow which is a a bit of a shame um it wasn't really what i was expecting i i did think it had some good stuff in it and i you know always applaud like an indie horror movie i think that's great and i appreciate like the kind of way that it was written i think i think it's like pretty well done i just don't i was expecting a little bit too much from it i think okay dragon i'm gonna send you some indie horror movies just so you can eat your words with that <laughs> what do you mean the, in like which you, way i'm gonna send you some indie horror movies so that you can be like oh i do not appreciate this. <laughs> i do not applaud in indie this indie or her horror movie maker and whatever. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the interesting thing is, so this has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 78% on Metacritic, which is very, very high. Um, but IMDb only has 5.4, which I think is like, I would, I would give it somewhere between there. I would say it's like a good, like 65 or 70, um, but so, yeah, only an hour 26. So that's, you know, 
here's the craziest thing. I think it's thing. worth it. Yeah, go. Because normally you see the exact opposite. 103 reviews, right? Mm-hmm. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. 34% audience score. So the audience fucking hated this. And for yeah. some reason, critics are like, love it. Love I'm, it. Genius. I am not surprised by that. I think audiences don't go for slow slow movies like this. And I think critics do. I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised shit. by that. No, no, no. I'm not saying shit. I'm just not surprised fucking by that sh- all right, delineation. <laughs> Never watch this horrible shit. Anyway, That's you're it. the worst. Uh, it is playing at Film Noir in Brooklyn um, this weekend, I think, if you want to see it. But you can rent it uh, on on like YouTube or whatever mm-hmm. um, for pretty cheap. So if you're Even interested. you told us. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm not telling you it's bad. I'm just saying if you're interested in supporting an indie artist, like maybe this is a good way to do it. Um, gotcha. Let me mm-hmm. just write this down. Don't support this piece of shit. <laughs> I gotcha. Hate, I hate Thank you, you so Dragon. Much. I generally liked it. I, again, it just like wasn't what I was expecting. And I think I built it up a little bit too much. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Dragon. Anything else about this? Uh, no, I think I'm going to move on. Um, so, okay. uh, Andrew um, had a little Twitch stream this weekend, and mm-hmm. he played for us a movie called Blood and Black Lace. So this is a 1964 Giallo movie, so it's an Italian thriller. Um, mm-hmm. It's very fun. I really enjoyed it. It's basically like the epitome of a Giallo. You know, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's got nudity. It's got pretty ladies. It's got murder. It's got intrigue. It's got a twist. Like, it's a very fun Giallo, I would well, say. Well, I think the beauty of Giallo movies is that they don't have, like, Italy does not have, like, a big movie uh, mm-hmm. studio. So, in fact, most of the movies are literally just making fun, of, not making fun of, they're like, copying american style movies yeah so they basically just hire a bunch of like models yeah and they're like here's this gorgeous beautiful woman uh all of them are naked now (laughs) yeah and uh we can just be as silly and and crazy as we want to be because no one's no one's really paying attention yeah there's gonna be like three twists you know it's like kind of fun um it's on tubi for free uh just fyi if you if you want to check it out uh i i would i i think it's pretty good um uh, I was going to say something else about it now. I don't remember. Oh, it's got that great giallo. Like, so Italian movies, uh, especially of this era, era were um, shot without sound. And they always dubbed them. Always. Like, they're always dubbed. Even if they're in a different language, they're dubbed. Um, so I, it's like, there's something about watching an Italian movie from, like, the 60s and 70s. And I'm like, well, yes, of course it's dubbed. Like, this is just how it goes. And even, yeah. if, it, even if you watch it in Italian, it's dubbed. So, like, who cares? You know, you may as well, you may as well just watch it so in English. They, they actually did that uh, number one because it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. But also, they did it number two because um, uh, they wanted, uh, like, an American audience to think it yes. was an American movie. Yeah. Or they, they, I'm sorry, not an American. They wanted an Italian audience to think, in, to think it was an American uh, movie, so they would just dub it, so it sounded bad. But then yeah. the uh, Italian audience would be like, "Oh, well, these people are obviously speaking English." Yeah. But they were just dubbing it in in Italian. Yeah, it's it, it's very very funny. Um, they also they also do things like, like there are like signs that are in English for some reason, even though this is a fully Italian movie, completely because Italian. Because they wanted yeah. the Italian audience to think it was an yeah, American movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they want, like, generally the international audience to think that, too. Not, yes. not just And not just an American audience, like, generally the international audience. Yeah. Anyway, it's a very fun Jala movie if you want to jump into it. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think that whole genre is pretty fun. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I've never that. seen this one though, but I've I've heard of it because uh, there's people always saying like, what's the first slasher ever? Yeah. This is one that's on the list. Yeah, uh, like you know, there's obvious debates as to what is the first slasher. I think generally it's agreed upon that it was Black Christmas. Yeah, I think so but, too. Yeah, a bunch of them 
mention these Giallo movies because they're like, it's kind of, but not really. You can kind of see the pieces of it before it was put together. There's some like, it is, it is though. Cause like, you know, you get, a, you get a, some horror, you get some good like effects, you know, you get some blood. Like, I, I think it's uh, I, I think that's not wrong. That's yeah. Not, like, yeah. A wrong assumption. But it's, it's like taking, it's, it's almost like you took a, uh, what's it called? The piece of bread out of the oven and it's not done yet. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. It's, 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 it's almost there. It's almost yeah. there, but it's, it's not, close. it's not what we think of yet. Right, right, right. It's close. It's close, though. Um, I also mm-hmm. think, like, the, like the genre, Jalo is like a genre in and of itself that you can get really into, and this is a good example of it. Yeah, I agree. I it's agree. also it's only an hour and twenty four minutes. Pretty short. Ooh, mm-hmm. I know. Ooh, very exciting. Very exciting. Okay. Uh, so that that was fun. So we watched that, um, and the last thing I'm going to talk about is a Joe Bob that Andrew and I watched. Um, oh, your boy. I know my boy. I, lo- I love man. I love Joe Bob so much. I'm he's like he's getting older, and uh, it, it, we we just watched an episode where like he gets up and you see him walking. He's like walking like an old man, and I was like, no, yeah. Joe Bob, because <laughs> uh, if something happens to him, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I know, okay, yeah. Anyway, so we watched uh, his episode on Fried Berry. So Fried Berry is a South African um, horror slash sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually it's listed as sci-fi slash comedy horror, which is about right. So it's okay. basically about about this this drug drug addict dude who is um, his body is like possessed by aliens. And it's just him like moving through South Africa or not South Africa. What's the what's the main city in South Africa? Oh, uh, shit. My fucking brain. I know my my brain just you get it. Same, same. Uh, Petersburg, something, something. Goddamn Petersburg. Uh, Fuck. Goddamn. Anyway, we'll look. We'll remember in like three seconds. Um, so anyway, he uh, Cape Town, Cape Town. Oh, I was way off then. Yeah, you were way off. Uh, I was like, that doesn't sound right, but I don't know. Yeah, Cape Town. So he's going through Cape Town. So it's like, okay. it's one of those movies where it's like, it's colorful. It's kind of fun. Um, the dude, the dude who made it, though, was like specifically trying to make a cult classic, which never works out. Like, <laughs> no, of course not. You have, you have to. Cult classics are are not are not. They're like made through word of mouth after after 20 years of your movie being out like you don't get to just be like i'm making a cult classic like the also, filmmaker refers to it as a cult classic when he's doing like the circuit like the, the like uh, you know well, the festival circuit yeah also you don't want to make a cult classic because by definition it failed yeah exactly you, you lost money and then 20 years later, that's when people are like, oh, look at this fun movie. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, it was mad. It was okay. I, I, the Joe Bob episode is great, obviously. Love, love me a Joe Bob. Uh, yes. You Recommend that. Yep. Uh, it's on, it's on uh, Shudder, obviously, mm-hmm. Fred Berry. Um, so you can, you can watch it on there. I, I think like, you know, the, the main actor, his name is Gary Green, who plays Barry. He yeah. looks like a crazy drug addict. And he, that's like kind of fun. Um, um, he's well, got a fun look about? to him. Do you want to talk about it or? It, it's no. I I mean it's literally like a drug addict is possessed by an alien and like wanders around Cape Town and like comes into contact with like other drug addicts and drunk people and then there's like this fun plot where his wife uh, who's this like loud South African woman is just like <laughs> like berating him but then is like really into him there's this whole subplot too where like women all want to have sex with him now that he's an alien even though he's like horrifying okay. looking it's like it's very it's like very bonkers it's kind of like all over the place yeah, um, I mean it's a cult classic yeah it's a cult classic it's got that uh, it's got like a manic energy to it 
I would gotcha. say. Yeah, and okay. that's like fun for a little bit, but like, you know, it, it gets boring pretty fast if like not enough stuff happens. And I think this has like both of those things. Like some of it's really fun, some of like, eh. Um, I had a couple like I laughed a couple times. It was it was not bad. I I I think watching it with Joe Bob is very fun because he can give you a lot of like background on it. And, yeah, like, yeah. He movies like this adds, generally. He definitely yeah. adds some things where you can pay attention to stuff and be realize like, oh yeah, this doesn't make fucking make any sense. Exactly, exactly. Love love me a Joe Bob. So anyway, that's uh those are the three things I think I was going to talk about this week. So Berto, okay. why don't you tell us a little bit about what you watched on a segment later called Berto in the Bed. All right, well, I guess I'll start, since you finished on a little j- of, of your uh, thick boy, Joe Bob. Yep. Uh, I'll start with a little bit of, of some Joe Bob. Okay. Uh, and I watched a little movie, Dragon. Mm-hmm. This is called The Changeling. Nice. Which I think is supposed to be The Changing, and then they added an L to it, and they were like, perfect. Because <laughs> I have no idea what a changeling is. But then actually you Google it, and it, it, there's actually a, a term for it. It's like a... It, there's a term for it, but yeah, yeah. Let's, let's fucking keep going. Okay. Anyway, um, so by the way, this is it's this is on Shutter, but mm-hmm. it's also playing on Tubi. Not the Joe Bob's, but if you just want to yeah. watch it without so Joe Bob, I don't know why, but you know, you can watch it on Tubi for free. But anyway, this movie, yeah, is considered a horror classic, Dragon. It is, and I've seen it, and I saw this episode with Joe Bob. Yeah, and um, yeah, I it's like it's considered a horror classic, and I'm like. Maybe in the 80s, yeah, yeah, I would consider this like really good. But nowadays, well, it's, and again, it's also because this idea has been done so many times. Yeah. That, but uh, yeah, you know, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I wouldn't call it a horror classic. But again, I, this is the first time I've watched it 40 years after it was made. Yes. Um. Yeah, but basically, the movie is just George C. Scott is uh, move, goes into he moves from New York to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, because his wife and kid died, and then he's go- for some reason someone's like, "Hey, I got a place for you to rent," and then they rent for him by himself. Yep, rents a gigantic mansion. Doesn't make any makes sense. Him- yep. Immediately, my chick was like, "Why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. They give so much free space for no reason." And uh, yeah, so basically, there's something haunting him, but like, what's haunting him is like trying to be like, "Hey, go solve this murder," and then he figures it out, and pretty much, you know. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good movie. I liked it. I liked it. I, 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 I think it's like a... I can see why it's considered a horror classic. Yes. It's got uh, a lot I of things that you. people like do now, I feel like. Yes. Or, or like built upon. And, and that's probably part of the problem with when you like make something so brilliant is mm-hmm. everyone then copies it. And it, I would... I, like I said, I, I think I really liked... I liked it. And let's not say really liked it. I liked it. But... I think part of it is just, oh, I've seen this a million times. It's too bad that this is the first one and this is the first time I saw it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was good. Um, you know what this, It actually reminds me of, I remember someone being like, oh, yeah, I saw The Matrix. This is a 20-year-old kid. This yeah. is like four years ago. And he was like, yeah, I saw The Matrix. He's like, yeah, it was kind of stupid. I didn't, I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, because you've seen like the 4,000 things that yeah. came after The Matrix. And now you're watching it. And I was trying to explain to him, like, this is the first time we've ever seen that. So yeah. you have to appreciate it on that basis. I, I agree with you. Although, honestly, I don't love The Matrix. I don't love the movies, generally. Uh, a move, oh, well, that mean, if you're going to say movies, I would agree with you. Movie, yeah. you know, The Matrix is, I still think, one of the best, if not the best, sci-fi movie ever. And uh, the following three are just, just hot, horseshit. Hot garbage. The new one I did hot, not hot like. Garbage. I really didn't Oof, like that the new was one. Yeah. Really bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. 
I mean, not as bad as the third one, but still bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so Changeling, I recommend. Um, yeah, and your boy, Joe Bob, also recommend with him. I agree. I mean, he gives—he just gives so many, so much depth to the movie with the background and everything. Yeah, that's one thing I appreciated was him giving like this was based on this story, and he's like all these things the person claimed happened, and he's like using air quotes because it's just a bunch of horseshit. But love yeah, him. love him dearly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, suggest uh, recommend. Cool. All right. So next, uh, I watched a little movie. All right, it was on Netflix, and I was like, you know what? Because me and my chick are channel surfing. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to pick something randomly. And I picked a little movie called The Privilege. Mm-hmm. All right, now, the moment I turned it on, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I fucked up because it's German. <laughs> and I was like, I just wasn't in the mood to, like, read. Oh, interesting. You know? German. Okay. Yeah, and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just not in the mood to read. And then I was like, fuck it, all right, let's just keep going. And it started off, like, okay, and then just went into fucking batshit craziness because it just was bad. <laughs> Like, it, it's this thing where, like, these people are infected with something, mm-hmm. but you're not really sure, and then for some reason there's a cult at the end, and then they're trying to... It's it's like a combination of... Um, it, it's a combination of uh, of Get Out, mm-hmm. and uh, what's that? What's that one with the... You fall asleep next to the pod people. Um, you fall asleep fuck. next to the pod people? Yeah, my brain is just not working today. Yeah, right. I'm so sorry. Usually like, you're the one that remembers. Invas- I got it. I got it. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ah, uh, yes. That makes, yep, okay. of course. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. So it was a combination of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with uh, Get Out. It's okay. Just, and by the way, German, and my favorite thing of this movie was just you're watching this movie and then it just is like this, this dude is trying to like crush his puss on this chick, right? Mm-hmm. And then for some reason they're finally like, oh, you know, we're alone oh, we're scared because we're running away from this, like, poltergeist that's chasing us. Yeah, there's, yes, there's a poltergeist for some reason. Okay, sure. And um, then they're like, oh, and then they start making out. Then they wake up their their friend that's sitting next to them, and they're like, all right, threesome. And, like, <laughs> this isn't a, this is, I'm assuming this is supposed to be a PG movie because there's no nudity in it, but I'm like, it just had a, a, a threesome, like the most awkward threesome I've ever seen in my life. Maybe is that just like a normal thing in Germany that we don't know about? It's like culturally we do we're unaware. Yeah, culturally we just have awkward threesomes. I'm assuming, but yeah, it was it was bad. And then the ending was bad. It just was all bad all around. Mm-hmm. It was just like, ugh, Netflix. What are you doing? Okay, so highly recommend. We should all go. Highest of recommend. Wait, pause this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. No spoilers. Look, it has a four point six on IMDb, and I am gonna say that is a. Oof, it should be closer to a three. Oh, it's generous, huh? It's yeah, generous it's kind of just generous. Right? It is okay. generous. Fair. Uh, so yeah, don't recommend, don't watch it, bad movie. Mm-hmm. All right, so next, I watched a little movie, Dragon. Now, this is on, this, I watched this because a podcast was talking about it, and that was uh, How Did This Get Made? Okay, And fine. they talked about a little movie. It's called Grand Piano. This came out in 2013. Now, Dragon, this is starring Elijah Wood and John Cusack. Really? All right? Yes. In 2013, Elijah Wood and John, okay, okay. Yes. And now, and you're like, what, why have I not heard of this movie, right? I do have that question, yes. It's, it's fucking weird. Now, here's the weird thing. It was written by Damien Chazelle. I don't know who that is. Oh, he uh, did Whiplash, La La Land, oh. and uh, oh. he did First Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Damien Chazelle. So it's like, wait, wow, he wrote this movie. And I can kind of see like, oh, okay, um, this was a good first draft. But go back, re-re- rewrite it. Like, maybe not make it a concert pianist. That's just <laughs> stupid. 
But it, it's almost like he, someone gave him like, like it's a good, it's a good like he hands it in, he hands it in as like, hey guys, this is my uh, what do you call it? This is this is my final my 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 final for my class, and then mm-hmm. the, the teacher just gives it a check, and then someone was like, hey, can you write a script? And then he just like dug that out of a table and gave it to him. Like it was just not good. It was not good. <laughs> okay. It was fucking well. It again. It has moments where I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. I can see what you're going for. And then it just has weird fucking things. Like, like so, so it's all about this. Uh, Elijah Wood plays a pianist, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> pianist. He plays, apparently, they keep, and they say this multiple times, the world's greatest pianist. Okay. Who has stage fright. And he's doing after five years after, like, totally bombing out, doing some some crazy, like, uh, show. Uh-huh. So, um, he he's doing his first show since then. So it's five years later. He's doing his first show since bombing out, and they keep mentioning how much he bombed out on that show and how this is his now how he's the world's greatest penis, even though he hasn't fucking played in five years. Okay. And now so now he has stage fright, and basically John Cusack is a guy with a sniper rifle, being like, "You have to play <laughs> everything on this perfectly." Okay. And. Uh, and as the movie goes on, they reveal why he has to play. He has to play something perfectly. And he was like, "This is this is why because uh, there is some there is some fucking piano music that is the hardest thing to play. Like apparently it's called the impossible uh, the impossible thing." Okay. And he's like, you, "I need you to play that on the piano because uh, this piano is actually." Uh, some type of Rube Goldberg design thing where you have to play that piece pure, perfectly and then it'll give you a key. And that key will give you someone's fortune. I'm, th- th- I'm not even joking. I, that is that is the point of the fucking movie. Okay. Uh, sure. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's fucking that crazy. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it has good things in it, but, you know, maybe just get rid of all that extra shit in there. <laughs> so weird. It's so fucking weird. But, yeah, it was, uh, it, again, it, it was on How Did This Get Made? deserve to be there <laughs> okay fair do you that think, being do, said it do, was entertaining it think, was entertaining do you think i could listen to the how did this get made episode without watching the movie uh, it did it's so much better if you if you watch the movie and then listen to how it's get made otherwise i think you can be lost yeah okay fair enough and that's mo- normally with their movies it's, it's better i know if you watch i know it. i know but you know, you know sometimes it's worth it anyway yeah, but no, I, I've been really making it an effort to watch the movies before they talk about it. And yeah. it makes it so much happier for me. Um, all right, let me talk about one more movie and then we'll move on, okay? Mm-hmm. So I watched a little movie. It's called uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Okay. Yes, that is the actual title. Or sometimes it's called Night Warning, depending, because it's such a, it's just like a nobody watches movie. Right, right, right. Uh, it's, a, it's a horror slasher from 1981. Now... This movie is fucking crazy. It's currently on Tubi, by the way. Perfect. I love it. This movie is fucking crazy. Like, it, it's weird because there's a character who is, like, kind of what... He kind of... He's trying to, like, crush this chick's puss, but for some reason his, like, stepmother is trying to crush his puss but then it turns out that like that's his actual mother and if you're as confused already i as trust me the watching the movie doesn't make it any better okay so it's really weird i'm looking at i'm looking at the cast Mm -hmm. susan tyrell yes isn't it she is in uh she's in some really fun like gonzo kind of movies that i Mm -hmm. that i think are great like she's in crybaby she's the mom in crybaby love her 
Um, that movie that I talked about a little bit ago about the like really young prostitute. Yes. Um, I, she's in and she plays like a matriarchal figure. That's like a she owns like the apartment that the girl is staying in. She's great yeah. in that. I really like her, so I assume that she's very fun in this as well. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, she is fun. Bill Paxton. She's fun. She's Bill fun. Paxton she's fun. is in this movie. He has a small role. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, this fucking movie is, it's kind of, no, now this is a cult classic okay. because the people who've seen it are like, this movie had no money, <laughs> but it, it, and it made up for the fact that it didn't have money to even do like good, like, like slashing and kills. Yeah. It made up for the fact that it just went bonkers with the story. There's like a weird incestuous angle. <laughs> There's fucking like a, one character who's gay. And then the, the police officer who's like super uh, like homophobic. And I mean like homophobic for the 80s, yeah, for 1981 oh, yeah, homophobic. Yeah, yeah, rough. And like, so it's like so fucking weird. It's just weird. I and wonder, I was like, when I, wonder, I finished watching it, sorry. Yeah, I w- I'm wondering if I've seen it, but I really want to see it now that I'm looking at like all the stills and everything from it. Like, it's this looks great. It's just weird. It's just weird. Uh, again, it's an hour 36. Uh, I think you could have cut out, like, 20 minutes of it, and yeah. it would have been much better. Fair. But it's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's just fucking weird. I can't describe any other way than just saying it's weird. <laughs> I anyway, agree. highest I of recommends. That. Okay, perfect. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Highest must, of recommends. Must watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you're, if you're a fan of, like, those qu- weird, quirky slashers, I definitely, like, recommend this one. And like, it's, on, it's, like, on sh- it's on Shutter, I assume. Yeah, like if you're someone who watched Motel Hell and was like, yes, I enjoyed this movie, I say watch this movie. Okay, fair. All right. All right. Uh, so I have a couple other things, but I'll save that for next week. Okay. Dragon, because we need to fucking do this. We okay. need to get this ball rolling, okay? So. <sighs> so sounds good. <laughs> all right. So I got to pick this week, and I picked a little movie, Dragon. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've never heard of it. It's called Reservoir Dogs. You okay. know, I have actually heard of it, Berto. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So this is uh, came out in 1992. Mm-hmm. It's a nice one hour, 39 minutes, okay? Mm-hmm. It's streaming on HBO. This was written and directed by your boy, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. It is starring Harvey Cartel, Tim Roth, Chris Penn, Steve Buscemi, uh, Michael Madison, Quentin Tarantino, and a couple other people. Yeah. Not, not a big cast, let's just say that. No, no, no. But, all right, Dragon, this movie is a legend it's a legendary movie now why don't you go ahead and give us one of your world famous okay dragon at the movies okay okay so reservoir dogs is essentially a heist movie but you don't see the heist you just see the aftermath of the heist and some of the shit before the heist um it is a, a quintessential quentin tarantino movie in that it is 99 percent dialogue <laughs> like the script for this must have been so incredibly long um, and, uh, yeah, you get to like meet and get to know these, uh, six to eight characters. Cause that's the entire movie basically, um, over b- by showing like the aftermath of a, a heist and then beforehand and then the aftermath and then beforehand and then the aftermath and beforehand. It's basically cut like that. Um, I, d- I know, I feel like that's not a very good dragon of the movies, but that's, that's what it is. I mean, Jesus, I feel like you started a dragon at the movies and then just started going into like different aspects of the movie yeah, and listen, you were like oh yeah that's right i forgot yeah i'm supposed to like sum up the plot anyway i i think a, a heist movie with, with a heist cut out is basically what this is a i mean di- yeah that's, a, a yeah, di- but... yeah a dialogue heavy heist movie um okay Reda, let's let's jump in all right dragon number one yes i guess we should talk about it mm-hmm. what did you think of uh tarantino's theory on the like a virgin song <laughs> thoughts dragon i need your thoughts 
I that the that the what was it that the dick was so big that she felt it felt like she was a virgin again? <laughs> yeah, like this is a chick who just like crushes puss, not like you know she crushes puss. That's what she does. You mm-hmm. know, that's mm-hmm. just who she is. Yeah. Right. And she's just crushing so much puss, and then she meets a guy that she's just like, oh my god, oh my goodness, this man makes me feel like a virgin again uh-huh. because yeah. his his dick is so big when he yes. crushes this puss. I mean, dragon thoughts. Sure, I'll give it to you, Quentin Tarantino. You can have this one. More, more importantly, I feel like is uh, out of everything in this movie, the thing that we that everybody talks about when they talk about this movie is not that it's uh, Buscemi saying he doesn't fucking tip like a little douchebag. That is the biggest. I, I was when I said he was like, yeah, I don't tip. I was like, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. I was so angry at him for that. Literally, but it's also it's the thing. It's the thing in this movie that I think everybody is like, it just like. Oh, that tells you everything you need to know about this character and also is like the thing everybody discusses about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. So, number one. Yes. Dragon, how would you feel if I was like, yeah, I don't tip. I would, I would be like, first of all, you're, anytime we're ever out together, you're tipping. Like, or we're not going anywhere. Like, I, that's ridiculous. You're just going to hold it over my head like that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, I agree. But I agree with you. My, my favorite part with, of that is, like, when all of those dudes, all of these, like, crime boys, basically, mm-hmm. are just like, how can you be such a piece of shit? She worked really hard. Like, she yeah, didn't make any fucking money? What are you talking about? It is amazing how every single person in that fucking, on the, in that chair is like, we're all horrible human beings. And then they look at Steve Buscemi and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you, <laughs> are you fucking stupid? Like, how could you be like that? That's a crazy thing to say. No, you're, you're a horrible human being for doing that. <laughs> they're all like, yeah, justifying like, yeah, th- th- this, like, this is the the only job where an, uh, a a mother who didn't go to college can make money yes. to pay for her child. And he's like, "Oh yeah, Crimea River." And he's like, yeah. "What did you piece of shit?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so good. Also, like the whole, so that obviously is in the opening scene along with the the uh, Madonna discussion. Yeah. Um, but very very like Tarantino opening scene. Uh, monologues from everybody monologues from tarantino especially just like around the table of a diner where everybody's smoking and talking kind of over each other but not really and people are holding court it's like the the quintessential tarantino i really i really like it it's fun it's i gotta tell you it's fun yeah if you if you describe what why tarantino is great the first thing you say is oh it's because he 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 creates these characters that have great dialogue yeah it's dialogue this is dialogue and it's just like yeah I, I don't i can't explain to you why his dialogue is so much better than other people besides the fact that like we never really saw this before yeah if you were a bad guy you were just like well i'm the bad guy yeah but you never had a bad guy sit down and be like yeah i don't tip <laughs> like, yeah what <laughs> had nothing to do with the movie whatsoever no 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 it doesn't it, well yet, it, it, all it does is all it does is tell you a, a little bit about this character also like oh god you gotta love steve buscemi always always oh, gotta love a steve buscemi so good in this movie so, and and like this is like so we get steve buscemi tim roth great so good mm-hmm. and tim roth is also in um pulp fiction right he plays one of the one of the robbers in pulp fiction i believe uh yes in the very beginning yeah in the very beginning he's great i i really liked him harvey guy is great. everybody in this movie is so good. Yeah. Michael Madison is fucking great. Chris Penn. Chris 
Chris Pine, yeah. like, rarely does a great performance, and yet in this movie, he's fucking phenomenal. I think, I think that Quentin Tarantino is good at casting, and I think he's good at casting somebody that can already embody a character. So, like, yeah. he just knows right away, like, Chris Ben has the look and has the ability to, like, do this. Like, he can do this, and I know he yeah. can do it. Michael Madsen, such a great psychopath. So good. So what I, my theory, and of course this is a theory, is that he writes the movie with someone in mind. I think you might be and right. Then, and it's, it's basically because he's like, well, I saw them do this in another movie, so I know they can do this. Yeah. And he, he's that guy who will, like, like, see something different than what everyone else watches. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I remember once hearing, like, oh, um, uh, uh, fuck is his name? Dragon, my brain does not want to work today. I, know, I just this want is, to say that, this so is... I'm going to be bumbling and mumbling this entire day, okay? That's that's fine. This is just not, so, this is not normally how you are. Normally you can think yeah. of things. So, uh, Martin Scorsese. Yes. yes, Martin Scorsese. I was listening to Martin Scorsese talking about movies, and I was like, oh, yeah, let me let me listen to this. It was something yep. on YouTube. Uh-huh. Like, let me listen to one of the premier geniuses about movies talking about movies. And then he was just like... Okay, so uh, let's talk about this scene and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, watch this. Watch this brilliant scene. And it was literally just someone, like, take, sticking their arm out and turning off, like, a lamp. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was like, did you see that? That was brilliant and great. And I'm just like, um, <laughs> he is operating on a different level than yeah, I am. Yeah. I do not know what the fuck he's talking He sees something that I am just not, not there for. Yes, 100%. 100%. I think, I think Quentin Tarantino is also that. Like, just yes. see, see shit and can write shit that I, like, would never be able to... Uh, yes, and it's like, I can watch it and appreciate the genius of it, but I can, would never be able to put this together. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, my brain just does not operate even anywhere near that. A hundred percent. Okay, so, Dragon, your I'm boy. Like, oh, oh, yes, which one, Buscemi? So, I was going to say, well, I mean, I feel like they're all your boys, but... Um, <laughs> I know. I, I wanted to just point out like how good Tarantino is with the fucking music in this movie. I was. I wrote that down too. Okay, so Tarantino does something that I really, really enjoy, and it's when you the music is part of the scene. Yes. Like it's not just like playing over the scene. It is like part of the scene. I I really like that. I don't know why I like it so much, but I feel like it gives it like makes you feel like you're inside, it, and like it, seeing think, what's going on, and everything feels I, a little realer. I feel like it gives every scene uh, a personality. Mm, yeah. So like you, it's like memorable. Something about the music makes it more memorable, and then and then you become a fan of that song because yeah. of the fucking scene. Yeah, like the entire movie, he's basically has a DJ playing music. Um, what do they call it? Something Stevens. Oh Sound yeah. Sound of the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, it, it was voiced by Stephen Wright. What I, Dragon? I don't know. You could go on it. I I had to show my chick Stephen Wright comedy. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, he's such a peculiar, weird comedian. Like, you can no one could mimic him. No yeah. one can take his style and be like, I'm going to take your jokes because it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware of Stephen Wright. I know the name, comedy. but I, I don't, I don't, I can't. He, Maybe he I recognize these, some of it, but I don't he know. He does some, he does one-liners. So okay. a lot of it is just like intro, setup, punchline, and then moves on from that topic. <laughs> okay. He doesn't have a stream of consciousness. But, like, he does things like, like, one of my favorite jokes of his was, um, and of course I'm going to murder it. It's so much better to hear him say it. But he was like, uh, oh, um, I, used to have a, uh, I used to have a job at a place that made fire hydrants. Mm-hmm. Great job, but parking was terrible. <laughs> like, shit like that. Like, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. a perfect Stephen Wright joke. <laughs> it, like, imagine that, but he, he made so many fucking comedy specials. Like, thousands of those. Yeah. 
it's fucking brilliant. That's very so, fun. Yeah, so hearing his voice and his the, the voice you heard as him as the uh, radio DJ, mm-hmm. that's the voice he does for all his jokes. It's never like he never goes up, he never goes down. Yeah. It's just that that single voice. That's a, that's very fun. It's fucking great. But uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I love that. I love the fact that he, he had such a great soundtrack, Dragon. He really does. Quentin Tarantino always has a really good soundtrack to his movies. Always. For real. It, and he it, always finds these, like, small fucking gem songs that, mm-hmm. like, no one's thinking about. And then somehow he's like, you, this is why you all deserve to listen to this. It, Tarantino is, just operates on a different level. He's yeah. like, you all should appreciate uh, this actor. Yeah. For, and let me show you why. And then he's like, you should, all should appreciate this, uh, this music. And let me show you why. Yeah, and then we yeah. do. Well, he he does like such a he he has like a very particular aesthetic in movies. I feel like he has a very particular like uh, he builds it. He builds a world. They're usually in these like like there's there's a lot of I saw a lot of Pulp Fiction from this. I saw a lot of Kill Bill from this. Like I saw a lot of like the stuff that w- w- that is coming, you know, mm-hmm. from like this movie. He's very good at setting a mood and he's very good at using music to do that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, and he's also, like, one thing that he's really good at is just, like, going forward and back in time. Yeah. I, I don't think he's done that as much since this movie in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I was actually thinking about that. Um, I, 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 I don't think so either, but it really works very well. And it's so easy to get lost when that happens that he he does such a good job. He does, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's fucking, he's such a good... I'm going to say something, Dragon. It's going to be very controversial. Okay, okay go. Tarantino is a good director. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. How I know. fucking hot takes. Dare hot takes. you? How hot takes. dare you? All right. Uh, fucking, and I, again, I, I can't get over the dialogue. The dialogue mm-hmm. in this is perfect. And it's like, you understand, like, every single character talks the way I feel like that character would talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're fucking, like, cursing like crazy. They're fucking talking about stupid things. Like, my favorite thing was uh, Steve Buscemi. Just constantly pointing out, like, none of you are fucking professionals. I'm the only one acting like a professional. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he's right. He, he is the only one acting like a professional. He's so funny, too, because, like, there are other scenes where, like, so he's the only one acting like a professional, but he doesn't talk like a professional. And that's, I think, the the issue, right? Like, there's him no. complaining about being Mr. Pink. Like, and you're just like, Bushami, just shut the fuck. Like, stop being such an idiot. It's, you're done. It's, it's, and it's that little thing that is why he doesn't get away at the end. Yeah. Because you're like... Well, if that's the thing, is like he, I feel like he's the thinker, and Harvey Keitel is the the leader. Yeah, yeah. Like if Keitel. Well, no, Buscemi started, does get. You mean why Buscemi does get away at the end? No, he doesn't get away at the end. But we can get into that in the ending later. Okay. But okay. anyway, um, like Keitel is the leader. Had Keitel showed up there, showed mm-hmm. up to the to the house, to the not the house, the uh, what do you call it, the getaway spot. Yeah. And had the safe house. Let's call it the safe house. Had Buscemi had uh, sorry had Keitel showed up to to the safe house and been like. We got to get the fuck out of here. Let's grab the diamonds. Let's get the fuck out of here. And then yeah. when it's safe, we can contact Joe. Um, they would have they would have done that and gone and left immediately. Mm-hmm. But because it's Buscemi trying to be like, we got to get the fuck out of here. There's a rat. Yeah. And he's like, because he nails it immediately. He's like, there's a fucking rat. Someone out here ratted us out. And then he keeps saying, like, I know I'm square because I didn't fucking do it. But I don't know about anyone else is fucking like. It can be the rat. Yeah. And then Kaitel like, gets mad at him for accusing him of being the rat. And he's like, how do I know you're not the rat? And he's like, yes, good. Now you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. Correct. And I'm like, yes, he's thinking like a professional. It's amazing how Kaitel, 
who you, we think of as like the the hero of the story, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. is like fucking like his big thing is that he fucked up. He fucked up multiple times. He did. He really did. And it's like, man, he should be the leader. He should be the one being like, yeah, Buscemi's got a fucking point. Mm-hmm. But because he doesn't do that, like, that's that's why everything unfolds the way it does. They should have just grabbed their shit and left. They should, yep, they should have. Well, he, he also, like, you know, Kaitel is just, do, he's doing the, like, he's being a save, save-a-ho, Berno. He's being a Captain Save-a-ho. Captain Save-a-ho. Um, and it, it, like, ruins his perspective, I would yeah, say. Yeah, no, you're right. Because yeah. he feels pity over this guy. Meanwhile, they should just be like... He's going to fucking die. Shoot him in the head. Get the fuck well, out of here. Well, I, I also think, I think one of the things that, like, clouds his judgment is that, like, he doesn't think that the cop would stay in character when he got shot, probably. Or, like, the, the uh, rat would stay in character when no, he got shot. No, because you, you see it immediately that, yeah. like, he, he takes a liking to uh, to Tim Roth. Yeah, he does. And, like, the first time they meet, he just, there's just something about him that just, he, he just likes Tim Roth. Yep. And, like, they show the, the, the first time they hang out and he's giving the, uh, what's that, the commode story? Yeah. Kaitel is staring at him like, wow, amazing. You are so, you are so cool, bro. Oh, my God. I want to be like you. Oh, my God. We're BFFs. <laughs> well, so th- you see immediately, like, he, yeah, he yeah, takes yeah. a liking to him. Like a big brother, like a men- mentee or something like that. I feel like yeah. he, like, that's how he feels about him. Like, like he's protective almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, comes through because, like, he should be like, hey, he took a bullet for me. No, he didn't take a bullet for you. He took a bullet because he opened the door and didn't fucking properly... He took a, he took a bullet because he's an idiot. Cause, yeah, because it's like, oh, let me just assume that I'm just going to walk over and pull this woman out. And instead, he like walks over and then she has a gun. That, why didn't you like point the gun at her before she fucking like went to a glove compartment? Right. I well, I also think that they saw a woman in a car. They're pan- they're like panicking, right? Because they have to get away from the car. They're trying to run away. Yeah. They didn't even they didn't even think about it. Like they no way in no way in their head would this woman defend herself. I think is like what they they were just like what the fuck like that was just not gonna happen. You I know? know, but it's also like this is not. Can I tell this was not your fault. He got shot. Yeah. No. He keeps saying it's my fault. He got shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it yeah. I feel like there's so much more backstory where like he did have someone similar to him. Where yeah. you saw someone that was similar to him. And then was like, oh, um, that person died because of me. Yeah, there and must now be he's, something. Yeah, and now he's like, oh, um, I now have to like save you because that's the only way for me. See, a, a lesser movie would have explained that and we would have been like, this is stupid. But Tarantino doesn't even need to explain it. He just like g- makes you think it, right? No, he like exactly. gives that's you the, the enough that you're like, you're like, okay, I understand this relationship and I understand why Harvey Keitel is so protective of this guy. Um, and it, you, it like builds more and more as the movie progresses. No, I agree. I agree. But, but again, like, that's what I'm saying. A lesser movie would have explained it and mm-hmm. we would have just been like, oh, that's stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Dragon, do you realize that no one in this movie is a good person? Yeah, no, of course not. But Tarantino usually has like people in a movie that are just like not good people, but he like, you, you get to like not wallow in it. Cause that sounds negative, but like you, you like sink into it right like it, that's part of the fun that you get yeah. to like be no. in the world with these people and you get to see them as people instead of these as these like one-dimensional like bad guys like you said yeah no i agree but um i, I was just pointing out that like all the bad like the people who show up at the end right mm-hmm. uh, not the end i'm sorry the people who show up at the uh the safe house yes it, you have harvey Keitel who literally shot like two cops in front of, in front of tim roth yeah and Tim Roth is like, well, I got to keep my, uh, I got to, you know, I can't fucking blow, blow it now. 
I and gotta, yeah, yeah, you you have to. It's keep too it. late. They're dead, and yeah, I can't yeah. I can't blow it now and like kill them for that. Well, there's also um, there's there's that great line at that point where I forget who it, I forget if it's Buscemi maybe that says this to him, but it's like you kill anybody, and he says a few cops, and he says no real people, like just yeah. like a few. Yeah, yeah. I no, think, exactly. That's and that's great how they how they treat it like that. Now they're like there's civilians, and then yeah. there's uh. What's it called? There's 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 fucking the regular people. Right. Like, and you um, and you learn like as it goes, right, that like Michael Madsen, Mr. Blonde, uh, went fucking psycho and killed a bunch of like regular civilians. And they were like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, bro. And they're saying like and they were talking about the, the girl he shot. He's like, oh, my God. He's, what was she? Twenty? Yeah. Twenty one years old. Yeah. And they're like they're legitimately talking about it like. Man, he's such like it's so weird how these bad guys have some principles. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you have like it's fucking Harvey Keitel and, and Buscemi being like, how horrible of a person this person uh, of a horrible of a person Madison is because he shot a fucking civilian. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're just blasting cops like it means nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is something to be said. I feel like for somebody who it's, takes a job where they know that's a possibility, and somebody who's just trying to do their fucking job at the bank or whatever, you know, like as a, like secretary or some shit. Yeah, and I know I get it, and it's like, man, he. But I get it. I get it. I get it. They're yeah. like the. I don't know if you ever watched The Wire. I did. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure you don't remember it. I, correct. Absolutely. 100,000% <laughs> correct. You know no, damn I well. Just, I didn't watch all of it either. I saw some of it when Andrew was watching it, basically. Yeah. No, I was just going to mention that there was uh, one character, Omar, mm-hmm. who one of his things was he's like, I don't, I don't kill taxpayers. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's, that's just his, that's his code. And that's the code he lived by, even though this is a guy who literally would rob like, uh, what's it called? Drug dealers. Yeah. Like he had a code, which is, I don't kill taxpayers. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not a fucking monster. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's like you, you kind of it kind of becomes a little endearing. You yeah. kind of like him because it's like, hey, at least he understands it's like a war. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to kill the civilians. And that's kind of what Kaitel and uh, Buscemi are talking about. Yeah. But Madison is just like, no, my look, I'm going to get the fuck out of there. And it's like people should be listening to me. And you right. Can see how that how they view the crime. I mean, he. Is, he says that, right? He says, like, well, they, they, they didn't listen when I told them not to do that thing. And you're <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> What was the, 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 he had a great line. I think it was like, had they done what I told, had, had they not done what I told them not to do, yeah. they'd still be alive. <laughs> that is a, that was almost, that's exactly the line. It was, it's, it's such a great line. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, he's not wrong, but also, like, he's definitely somebody that, like, would have gone to Vietnam and committed some fucking heinous war crimes. For yeah, funsies. and he would have been like, ah, it's war, it's war. That's what you're doing. Yeah, war. yeah. You're like, that was a, that was a woman and child. He's like, meh. <laughs> it's war. Yeah. yeah. He's the comedian, the comedian from uh, The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and are you just nodding your head and being like, yes, Berto, I know what you're talking about. A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. That, is, that was basically that character's point of view. It was like, nope, the, uh, you know, it's war. It's different. It's all, it's all, all's. It's all a business. Wait, what is it? All's something in love and war? What is it? What all's is fair in love all's and war. All's fair. That's it. That's it. Um, yes. That's, that's pretty much what he's saying as well. But, but yeah. It's, like it's not sh- war. It's a fucking heist, buddy. Think, think, yeah. But think about it. They show Buscemi kill cops. They show Harvey Keitel kill cops. Mm-hmm. And then fucking Tim Roth, who's supposed to be the hero of the story, he gets shot in the stomach and then immediately shoots this random woman. In the like in yep. the in the fucking chest or whatever he yep. shot her, he kills her. her. Yep. And that's supposed to be the hero. He's supposed to be the one that we're rooting to get out. And he's okay, like, but oh, to be fair, when he... the chicks hit the fan, he didn't have to shoot her. By the way, no, he didn't. But to be fair, uh, he um, he he's a cop, right? 
So of course he yeah. shot somebody. Like that's just <laughs> okay. Okay, gotcha. I see what you're saying. I see where you're going. But Dragon. but oh. also but also like in the movie, like he clearly like he imme- he shoots her and then immediately regrets it. You can see it on his face, just being like, yes. oh fuck, like I f- I really fucked up. I fucked but it up. Was, it, but it's that I fucked up of like, like how do I put it? Um, you can see the look of regret on his face, yeah. but it's like also this look of anger. Yeah. He shot her because he's like, how dare you shoot me? Not like, oh, I have to do this to keep my, like, cool or whatever. It's, no, no, no. He it's always he... That, that point of panic, right? Right, and right, right. One thing I, I think I talk about a lot, which is, like, you don't fucking know, not not on the podcast, but, like, to you personally. Yeah. It's like, you don't know who the fuck you are until until you get to that moment. Exactly, yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, he's a bad guy. If someone shot me in the stomach, I would probably shoot that person back out of anger. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not of giving course, a shit. Of that's, course. That's, Look, I understand. So, I'm not a good guy. Yeah. Okay. If some if somebody shot me, I kind of don't care what the situation is. I'm gonna if and I had a gun, I would try and shoot them back. Like, there's no way I wouldn't do that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But that's I what think I'm that's everybody. A, what I'm saying is, if a two year old picked up a gun and shot, oh me, my that god, kid, that two year old's getting shot. Okay, back. I take it back. Not not not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I just mean like you don't know who you are until that moment hits. Yeah. So in his mind, the entire time, he's like, I'm a good guy. Yeah. I'm a good guy. And you can see it also when he, he talks to his handler. He's like, oh, this guy gave me a great, like, in, in a great description. You should uh, you, you do right by him. You can kind of see he's like, oh, you know, the, he did good, so we should be good to him. Mm-hmm. Like, you can kind of see in his head he's like, I'm a good guy. I'm doing a good thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, when the fucking, you know, when the, uh, when the shit hits the fan, he fucking shoots a, a random woman yeah. in, the, in the face. Yes. So I, I, that's just something, a little something I appreciated in the movie, which is like a, another movie, a lesser movie would not have taken the time to just show you like, oh, he's, he's, he's a piece of shit too. They're all yeah. pieces of shit. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, all right, Dragon, what else do you want to talk about? Um, I really like the, uh, old, uh, hey, what, oh, what the fuck is his name? The like old, uh, like Joe, Joe. Yes. Thank you. Joe Lawrence Tierney. Um, mm-hmm. I, I that character is so fun and it's such a it's such a good like daddy bad boy not not da- <laughs> not bad boy daddy well what is it like uh Z- do you mean zaddy no 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 boy? i mean oh. i mean he's like the the head the head bad guy head bad guy yeah. yeah he's so good at it he's so good at it and he has got his like stupid shitty son who like is inheriting the family business and like nice guy eddie nice guy eddie who you know is like kind of a fuck up and has been kind of a fuck up his whole life but his dad is like trying to teach him everything and he's like kind of trying you know but he's just not very good at it i don't think he's kind of a fuck up i didn't see that I, I, what made you think that i just um maybe it's maybe it's just how he looks honestly he's just kind of a schlubby like you gotcha. know yeah I get you. dude uh, and I he's very, he's very much a daddy's boy very yes, much a daddy's is. boy so i think that immediately made me think like he's a fuck up in one way or another Okay. I didn't although, although when part. he comes when he comes in to the to the safe house or whatever to the rendezvous point and he's like, "What the fuck are you guys yeah. doing?" I did. I was like, "Yeah, you're a hundred percent." I also like yeah, him being like with the cop, being like, "What the fuck oh, is he gonna, gonna tell keep, you? You're gonna torture he's, him? He's gonna tell you anything? Like, it's, it's useless." No, that, yeah, that's why I kind of like. That's why I like. I, I didn't think he was. Uh, he yeah, was maybe you're right. Because, and I just saw, saw him as schlubby, yeah, and I'm making. He, I'm being an asshole. <laughs> he came in. These guys are fucking pointing guns at each other, and he's like, "The." are you guys doing yeah and then there's like oh we got a cop it's like oh cool thanks he saw our faces now we gotta fucking kill him yeah and then the next time he comes in and tim roth is like oh let me tell you how michael madison was being a bad guy yeah and it was like he immediately 
pieces through that bullshit in seconds. That that was very very good. So I was like, oh, I don't think he's a. I, that's all. That's all I was saying. Like, oh, I don't. I don't see him as a fuck up. No, you're right. You've convinced me. <laughs> good. 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 Now you we're gonna fight. <laughs> I literally just said no. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but and also when Madison and Penn, like they were doing, oh man, uh, uh, one thing I really liked about Michael Madison mm-hmm. was um, that whole intro scene where they show him like number one, he's just horse horse playing with fucking Chris with, Penn. Yeah, which was fun. I thought I was like, man, what a bunch of fucking nerds! Like, <laughs> calm bunch down. Of fucking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I like the dad just being like, Can "You guys cut the shit." Like, you're not yeah. five. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, uh, yeah. And Michael Madison, fucking psychopath for no reason. Mm-hmm. He just tortures the fucking cop for zero purpose. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that I honestly thought was a little bit like, I was like, I don't know, for somebody who, like, I guess he's playing the long game, right? Because he just did four years in prison, right? For Joe. Well, that's why he, he wanted to torture him, because he's like, I'm taking out my anger of being in, in jail for four years on you. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I but they also they already established before that that he was a psychopath when he just like killed those people in the in the diamond store. Well, yeah, it's funny how they consider him again. They consider him a, a psychopath for killing a civilian. Yeah, but um, no, I, I mean, I, I I don't see why. You, wait, what were you trying to say? I'm sorry. I don't. Or even you were just I mentioning. Don't, that. I don't even remember anymore what I was trying to okay, say. Okay, perfect. Okay, good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually I thought that that torture scene was like one of the best scenes in the movie, and I know I know it's like always not not the torture scene, but yeah. the scene where he go he leaves that fucking that fucking safe house and just walks outside and it's just like, oh this is random day. It's like everything it, is just normal. It's nice just and a normal. sunny, beautiful day in Los Angeles, just yeah. hanging out. <laughs> and then he just grabs a fucking like can of gasoline and walks back in and it's like, oh man, this is fucking horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're it's like, crazy. Oh, shit. It's well, crazy. My, okay, my question also is like, so Michael Madsen was going to light this guy on fire and, and burn him alive, right? Yes. Wouldn't that attract too much attention That's to the safe I house? Like, I don't understand That's why he would I do thought. that. And I was like, he is just throwing gasoline everywhere. There is fucking... That, that thing is built of wood. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That, that's why I was like, what? Like, man, think of a better way to kill someone. Like, any other way. Or, like, just don't splash so much gasoline. But I think it'll just... It'll make too much smoke, buddy. And you're going to have the fire yeah. department there. What are you doing? Also, it's going to smell like burning people. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, Jesus, what are you doing? I, I think what Tim Roth should have said is not that he was going to, uh, like steal the diamonds i think tim roth should have been like he was gonna fucking light this place on fire and then the cops would be here in two seconds yeah that well that would have required him thinking but he didn't know since he didn't know that michael madison was so close to the yeah yeah nice guy eddie and joe he just thought that would work do you want to talk about the uh tim roth when it's revealed that he's actually a cop (laughs) oh yeah i forgot so i've seen this movie but i forgot basically everything about it because it's me Mm-hmm. And I did not remember that Tim Roth was the cop. Really? No. Okay. I did not. I was like, when, it, when they showed it, I was like, oh, yeah. And then you get to see him, like, learning his lines. The commode <laughs> like, story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. And I like the, the, uh, his, like, partner, his cop partner being, like, uh, co- an his undercover handler. cop. Yeah, his handler has to be, like, it was, like, an undercover cop going to be, like, Marlon Brando. I was like, yeah. I cannot yeah, think right. of a, I think I'd not think of a more stressful job <laughs> <laughs> than an undercover cop. Yeah, no, you're right. 
Yeah, no, it's, and it's a great reveal. And it's all, I also love the fact that they reveal it halfway through in the story. Yeah. Where, too. again, a lesser movie would have been like, no, 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 we're going to not show this until the very end. They would wait until the fucking Mexican standoff and then show you who the bad guy, who the, uh, the, the rat is. Yeah. Whereas this movie was like, nah, I'm going to give you this little hint. And then I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you the information you're looking for right now. Yeah. Um, but no, it's great. And I, I love that commode story. The whole thing of him explaining the commode story. And then when he walks, like the scene where he walks into the bathroom. Yeah. It's fucking great because you see the cops are just staring at him. And it's like, man, this is so weird. And then the cops telling their story. The, he had a commode story in the commode story. He did. He did. But that's what makes it real, right? Like, that's what yeah. his handler's whole point was like, you have to know everything about this fucking bathroom, everything about it. And you got to know everything about, like, everything surrounding this in order to tell this story and make it believable. And I was like, yeah. And, and, and he was right because Joe and, uh, what's his name, and Harvey Keitel both mm-hmm. mentioned something and he had quick responses to both of them that mm-hmm. looked natural. And it was like, God damn it. That was like, he was like, it was so, it was so well done. Mm-hmm. for him to say that and then just like these little things like what why'd you have to pick up the thing i, I don't know they wanted it right away i didn't ask questions yeah. and then it was just like oh good good yeah he didn't get he didn't get flustered yeah i also but, like his uh, i like his like he his you when you see him as a cop and then you see him as like mr orange i feel like he he has like a whole different criminal persona that i really enjoyed i was like because <laughs> yeah. when he's a cop he's, he's kind of like he's yeah he's he's acting and like an act. i was like you need to quit your job as a cop and be an actor <laughs> like this is crazy tip rob oh <laughs> no. it's almost like he is an actor whoa <laughs> um i also did love that tim roth was like oh uh joe he you know, he looks like the thing from Fantastic Four. And I was like, oh my god, he does. <laughs> it was such a great description. <laughs> uh, it really was. It really was. I thought that was fun, too. Um, all right, Dragon. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, I uh, guess the ending, right? Yeah, I mean, I I loved the ending. I'm, let me let me look at my notes real quick. I, I, I think... Mexican standoff, Dragon? Or yeah. is that, or will that <laughs> me saying that get us canceled? No, that'll definitely get us canceled. But that was fun. That was yeah. very fun. I was like, I, I, wrote, I wrote down, it's the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> Dragon, do you think that will get, yeah, it is. <laughs> you think that will get us canceled? Or will it be the fact that we don't even talk about how, how much naughty language they used? Oh, yeah. The word and so Listen, much. And I'm like, <laughs> first off, if you're complaining about that, you're a fucking idiot. These, we're talking about people who literally shot and killed and murdered each other. Uh, yeah. Like random people. And you're going to be complaining about the language. Yeah. And you're do. surprised. You're surprised that they use the N word. Well, I will yeah. say I will say this about Quentin Tarantino. I feel like he sneaks that word into every one of these movies. And I feel like it's not always necessary. And I'm just uh, like, whatever. I would argue it is. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. What, what do I know? I mean, you could. You, I, I feel like peop, the argument is right. Like these are bad people, so of course they're using this kind of language. You know, yes. like it just makes sense. And you're like, well, I, I don't think that someone when they're talking about a diamond heist that could murder people are thinking of like, oh, you know what? Let me use the proper PC term. No, no, no. no. So, you know, let's. I, I would just like. Dude, that's. I think it's a stupid fucking argument. Yeah, very Tarantino. Very Tarantino. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I so. Uh, do you want to talk about the Mexican standoff then? Yes, the Mexican, the, uh, I'm sorry, Mexican-American or <laughs> the person from South, persons from uh, Central uh, America, Spanish, Spanish-speaking Spanish or North country. America, I guess. <laughs> yeah, persons from the Spanish-speaking North American country standoff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> 
You're Colombian, uh, so yes. you you actually can't be racist and use Mexican. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, perfect. that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, so the Mexican standoff is basically just them all pointing. Which, by, by the way, it's like people always point out that fucking Quentin Tarantino loves the Mexican Mexican standoff because it happens in almost every single one of his movies. Do- uh, yeah, I guess it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fucking great scene because you see all these different like ideas converging all at once. Yeah. And you see fucking uh, what's his name. Tim Roth gets shot fucking... Here's a weird thing. So yeah. Tim Roth gets shot by Joe, right? Joe gets shot by Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel gets shot by Chris Penn. Who shoots Chris Penn? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not right. Oh, wait, no, that is right. Who shoots Chris Penn? Fuck, I don't Can remember. I, okay, yeah, wait. Say it again. We're going to figure it out. Okay, so uh, Tim Roth gets shot by Joe. Tim okay. Roth gets shot by Joe. Right. Because Tim Roth is laying on the blood. Right. So he gets shot by Joe. Yes. Joe gets shot by Harvey Keitel. Yes. Okay. Harvey Keitel gets shot by Chris Penn. Yes. Who shoots Chris Penn? Tim Roth? I, I mean, no. He doesn't have a gun. He unloaded no, his he, gun on, on oh, yeah. Michael Madison. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Steve Buscemi? Ooh, this is actually one of the first things. Oh, they say that Mr. White shot it, shot him. So I guess it Harvey was, uh, Keitel. So Har- yeah. Harvey Keitel shot Chris Penn. Harvey Keitel is the fucking the the man of the. the okay, but who shot Joe then? Google it. Who shot Joe? No, Joe, no, that was Mr. That was uh, Harvey Keitel. But you just said Harvey Keitel shot. Wait, who then? This according. I just googled it, and according to this, it says that uh, Harvey Keitel shot both Nice Guy Eddie and. How? I, that's what I'm fucking wondering. Okay. I have to rewatch it. I don't remember. I don't remember. I have to rewatch it. Because it I'm happens in ex- like a second, so it's hard to... I'm any- just going to accept it. Okay, okay? you accept I'm it. I'm just going to accept yeah. it. We can right? accept it. Yes. But anyway... They Does just, Harvey Keitel fall and then shoot Chris Penn? I guess. I don't know. I thought, they all so fell, I thought they all fell at the same time. Okay, anyway. Yeah. My favorite part about that is Steve Buscemi being like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm out of this. And just like fucking hides underneath the stairs or the ramp. Yeah. And he, then at the end, he... he picks up the diamonds and runs away. And by the way, if you listen to it, and this is one thing that, uh, that you know, you can look up on IMDb's trivia. Yeah, yeah. Or people always talk about it, is if you listen to it, you hear Steve Buscemi like run out. And then that's when the police sirens go and you hear them like arrest them. Oh, do you? And I, I just didn't yeah. catch it? Okay. So okay. I think Steve Buscemi is, is arrested, although I, I heard someone say that he's actually gunned down and killed by them, but I think he was arrested. Either way. Well, my other question was, like, they made a big deal at the beginning of being like, do you have anybody to even buy these diamonds? Like, it's impossible to sell diamonds nowadays. Yeah. And I was like, Steve Buscemi, what are you even going to do with these? You can't, you don't have that, those connections that Joe had. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, he's got the diamonds. He'll just, like, figure, I feel like you can kind of figure it out, right? Right. I got. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you're yeah. just gonna get arrested when you try and sell yeah. those diamonds to the only un- the, to another undercover cop. <laughs> that's that's gonna I be guess. that. Yes. Or like a jeweler who's like, yeah, I'll buy him. <laughs> and yeah, right. then Calls the cops immediately. I feel like if you have that, uh, you can kind of like piece it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the very ending. The 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 end end. Oh, when uh, fucking Tim Roth tells Harvey Keitel he was the rat, yeah. and then Harvey Keitel shoots him. I was like, Tim Roth, shh, 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 shh. Like, don't do it. You don't need to do that right now. You're about to get saved. Why would you do this? Yeah. 
But I also everyone think, dies. Everyone dies. I think I think Tim Roth. I think Tim Roth though has a similar feelings to Harvey Keitel that Harvey Keitel has to Tim Roth. Like they have like this weird like daddy son thing going on or something. Got in too deep is what you're saying. Got in too deep emotionally. They emotionally yeah. got together. He just forgets that. And you know Harvey Keitel also Harvey Keitel did just like risk his life for Tim Roth like basically. So I, I kind of yeah, so get what? it. Yeah, but I was like, just be quiet for a little bit, Tim Roth, and you can deal with this later. Like, <laughs> you can admit, you can admit things to Harvey Keitel, like when he's in jail. Like, you don't got to do it right now. <laughs> I guess. But I did, I did love that end. I love, I love that Quentin Tarantino was like, everybody dies. It's fine. Like, we don't need. There are no heroes. There are I mean, zero a lot heroes. Of it, not a lot of his movies, but he does that a lot. Where it's yeah, like, he does. This is not. This is not a hero story. We're just. I'm just telling a story. Right. Right. Um. Anything else about this uh, movie, bro? No, I mean, I think that's it. This was uh, Tarantino's first, like, fucking First directed movie. feature. Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm looking, at, I'm looking at his filmography right now of, like, just directed, like, straight directed films. So we got yeah. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Volume 1, Volume 2, Death Proof, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What is your favorite? My favorite? Oof, that's a good question. Also, I feel like this changes... Every single fucking time I think about this. Yeah. It, it, like, I remember someone once mentioning about the Beatles. Like, uh-huh. I'm, I'm really going off on a tangent now. But they were like, okay, name your four favorite Beatles songs. And mm-hmm. he's like, here's the thing. You'll never find someone who, who will agree on you. And every time you, every time you talk to someone about this, they're going to be like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, you got a point. Okay, I got to mm-hmm. move my shit around. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, he's like, it's something you can have an endless conversation with people. Well, there's, it's just, it's one of those things where there are so many good ones that, like, y- your mood will dictate which one is your favorite at any time because any of them could reasonably be your favorite, right? Yeah. Here's the crazy thing. Yeah. I think to me, personally, mm-hmm. his worst movie is uh, Kill Bill Volume 2. And that's a crazy thing for me to say, <laughs> considering how fucking good that movie is. Okay, so let me just, let me do this. So, I, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and Volume 2, I don't, I don't, I can't separate them anymore in my brain. It's been a really long no, time I, since I've seen both of them, so I don't remember Tar- which, I don't remember which is which. Sorry, let me just say, either Tar- I think you're, you're right with that, because even Tarantino, because he says he's going to make 10 movies, period. Okay. Uh, he's at 9, because he's like, uh, Volume 1 and 2, or he considers the same, the same. Uh, oh, one, the same movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I get it. Um, I, w- I think uh, the one that I enjoy watching the most is Death Proof. I really like Death Proof. Yeah, and you see, I was going to say that's probably the, the the worst one. If you combine the two Kill Bills, Which I, don't... I would say that's the worst one. And then it's like, yeah, but it's not. It's so fun. It's such a fun movie. And that is a movie with a killer soundtrack. Such a yes. good fucking soundtrack. I love that soundtrack. And Death Proof, I also have, it has a, a spot in my heart because I saw it at the, as like a Grindhouse double feature with, um, oh God, what is the oh, other uh, one? Oh, yeah, fucking Christ. God damn it. I know, my head. <sighs> anyway. My brain, I don't know what, my brain You know what I'm talking about. Working today. Andrew yeah. knows what I'm talking about and that's fine. Nobody else. Planet Terror. Planet Terror. Thank you. Planet Terror. I saw it as a double feature, Grindhouse double feature with Planet Terror and it was fun. It was really fun. Um, so I have like a soft spot in my heart for it. Really enjoy it. Uh, and Glorious Bastards, I've actually only seen one time and I saw it in really? theaters and I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, so, go ahead. Go. I know. I was just thinking like, 
I'll probably I'm gonna say this, and I'm probably gonna annoy, I think... annoy myself later on when I declare this. But okay. I think Hateful Eight is my least favorite of the Agree, movies. hard agree, hard agree. Hateful Eight is my least I'm, favorite. I'm gonna hate myself in a in a week, but you know, <laughs> I, like as of right now, this this fucking moment. Yeah. Hateful Eight is my least favorite of his movies. I think my favorite one is. See, this is the thing. I'm well, like so, so here, right now. here's the difficult part. Pulp, Pulp Fiction is such a classic that I feel like it gets its own, like, it, it's not on this list, right? It's on the list of, like, best movies ever made. So I feel like it has, like, a, its own genre, basically. And I, it, 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 I, picking it, picking it as my favorite Quentin Tarantino film is, like, wrong just because of that. You know, it could, like, Pulp Fiction could it- arguably be the, like, your favorite film of all time of any movies, right? Anybody's. I feel like, you know what it is? I feel like if I pick Pulp Fiction, that's me copping out. Yeah. <laughs> that's me being like, I'm going to go with the nice, easy, yeah, rather yeah. than really thinking about it. Because I'm like, fuck, I, I really, I'm a huge, huge fan of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Like, to me, that's, that has some of the best fucking scenes I've ever seen in the movie. Yeah. But is it the, my favorite one? Because the way I always felt like going Glorious Bastards was was like two great movies meshed together to make one less than great movie. Mm-hmm. But yet I still fucking think it's, it's it might be his best movie. I need to see it again. I, I Hateful Eight I've only seen once. Inglorious Bastards I've only seen once. Django Unchained I've only seen once. Um, once Upon a Time in Hollywood I've only seen once. But I really Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I saw in the theaters and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm really struggling right now. I know. Because I'm like, man, and, and it's like every single time I pick one, I'm like, yeah, but I want I want to also include Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown is so fucking good. <laughs> God damn it, Dragon. How dare you put <laughs> this on me? Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown's also one of the ones that I, ha- I haven't seen. I think I've maybe seen it once. Like, it, it's not. It, it's Pulp Fiction it's... was the one that I watched the most as a kid. And Death Proof is the one I've watched the most as like a, a young adult, I would say. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, man, I think we're going to have to do it, Dragon. We're going to have to watch all these movies uh-huh. in succession on this podcast. And I, then we will have the definitive. One of the reasons what? one of the reasons I love Death Proof so much is the all fe- like almost all female cast, right? Like that's just yeah. fun. That's just fun all around. I, I, sh- I by the way, I I should rewatch Death Proof because I've seen it once and I remember really li- really liking it, but yeah. also like not as much as you seem to enjoy it. But yeah. um, it's literally just probably cuz like, well, I haven't seen it enough times. There's the great lap dance scene in it, in it. That's that's super fun. That's to like mm-hmm. uh, that song down in Mexico that I just like really enjoy. The, everything about it, I just I really like. God damn it, Dragon! How dare you? <laughs> how dare you bring this up to me? I didn't realize that Zoe Bell, who's one of the leads in Death Proof, she and is also a stunt woman. She's in every movie from Kill Bill Volume One on. Yeah, well, she does a lot of the stunts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course, it makes sense. Like, why wouldn't you go back to Zoe Bell? Zoe Bell also in um, uh, Malignant. Malignant that came. Oh, yes, yeah, she's in, again. She's in every single <laughs> uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. But uh, yeah, she's in Malignant in, in, in like a little role that was very fun. Yeah, God damn it, Dragon! I, I, you're so, I'm so frustrated right now because you <laughs> did this to me. Sorry, but yeah, I can't. I can't pick. That's the problem. Is I'm picking. I'm. I'm gonna say right now, Inglorious Bastards. And, and by the time we finish this podcast, I'm gonna hate myself because yeah. I didn't say you know fucking Once Upon a Time in Mexico or the Django Go Unchanged. The Django Go. The Django Go Unchanged. Uh, you saw Once Upon a Time. You saw it in theaters, right? Yeah. yeah. Django Unchanged. God damn it! This scene, Dragon. That scene where the the KKK is basically meeting up and they're like, all right, you know. What, does everyone have their masks? And then they're all kind of complaining about their masks and stuff. That is such a great fucking scene. Making making people who are horrible 
seem like a uh, yeah is is like one of the best things that he does yeah. uh, his movies have a lot of awards i'm looking at the awards for it he uh, tarantino has seven um academy awards one palm d'or seven baftas uh one gold eight, eight golden globes sorry and 11 yeah, and saturn awards the, and those are just yeah. wins those are not nominations yeah but let's be honest someone cares about the golden Globes. i know i know i know but anyway. yeah it's as if he's a really good director yeah <laughs> Crazy. Any, Crazy and writer as well. Uh, okay. Anyway, we can, right. okay, I, we I think we, yeah, I, I think we can probably start wrapping this up if you want to do right, final right. thoughts. Yeah. Let's do this. So final thoughts, Dragon. What are okay. your final thoughts? Uh, I, it's wild that this is his first movie. Like it's, it's insane that Reservoir Dogs is his directorial debut. Like what a, what a good movie for your first. No wonder Quentin Tarantino is like such a powerhouse. And I think the crazy thing to me is the the confidence yeah. that he has. Yeah. That as a director, which is just like making things and then just being like, no, 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 this is genius. Yeah. And just like then it being genius. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, the yeah. confidence I think is 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 the most here. It's almost like he was like, this is gonna be my first movie, but don't worry. I, I got this. I got this. I know what I'm doing. Don't you guys worry. It's and it's so funny too because like. I, I know a little bit about Quentin Tarantino's past, but I ba- basically like his dad like ran out f- on them. Right. And then when he got famous, tried to come back into his life, I believe is yes. the bullshit. But also like Tarantino like is like mildly illiterate. Like he's so bad at like he like is bad at writing. Like he can't spell for shit, you know, yeah. and yeah. he still g- gets this dialogue across. And I was like, I wonder if one of the reasons he's so good at dialogue specifically is because he can't read very well. And like, he's like, just, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like writing from like that perspective. It's very interesting. Uh, anyway, I would give this a smashly. Obviously it's very good. It's, it's also crazy to me that he is, it's not like he went to like, well, I don't, I don't know actually, but I, it's not like he went to some fucking film to like uh, some, I, some college to learn how to direct. I don't think. No, I think. Oh, he, I could I be th- wrong on this. I, I, but. I vaguely remember something about Quentin Tarantino dropping out of school when he was very young. Yeah. And, uh, but it's like he basically, what he says is he, he learned how to, uh, he learned about movies just yeah. because he worked at a fucking video store and was just watching movies 24 seven. Yeah. I mean, he definitely seems like one of those guys that like he's obsessed with this and it comes across in what he makes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, Dragon. All right. Would you give this movie a Smashly or Trashly? I already said Smashly. But oh, I'm sorry. You don't pay attention to me. Okay, what about you, Berna? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't. Um, I mean, okay, again, I cannot get over just how good this fucking movie is for, again, a first-time director. And this isn't even the... I, I'm not sure if this is his first, mm-hmm. the first one he wrote, mm-hmm. but I know this is the first one that was purchased. Or, or this is one that was passed around for a bit because... Um, he had a, uh, like, he, he wrote a bunch of movies. Like, he wrote True Romance and mm-hmm. Natural Born Killers. He wrote, uh, I think he wrote, did he write It's Pat? I think it was something weird like that. Mm-hmm. But um, he wrote, a, he was a writer for a bunch of movies. And then, like, was just like, nah, I think it was True Romance. He was like, yeah, they ruined my movie. True yeah. Romance, by the way. Which is a fucking great fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, True Romance, he, he basically wrote that movie and he was like yeah they ruined they're gonna ruin my movie so then he was like i'm gonna keep reservoir dogs because this is my movie yeah yeah which is insane again insane and by he, the way, he did romance... he did he dropped out at age 15 he dropped out of high school and yeah, he worked as an usher in an adult movie theater yeah that makes sense yeah uh by the way one more thing uh true romance was actually he got two scripts from that movie 
So he got True Romance and then Natural Born Killers, which was supposed <laughs> to be like a daydream that um, Wild. The, one of the characters has. Yeah. And so he turned that one movie into two movies. Yeah. That are both like movies that he didn't even direct and he he constantly says like yeah they ruined my movies yeah 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 well and can you imagine how good they would would have been if tarantino had done them yeah i mean at this point we can just say like they would have been they 100 percent would have been uh 10 times better yeah yeah but uh okay all right we gotta move on craig uh, oh, sorry. I give this a 10 out of 10, despite the fact that there's no nudity in it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're wrong. really getting past that nudity clause, huh? Yeah. This this one sneaks past it. Okay? Yeah. And one of the reasons why I do love the Jenga Go Unchained is because they have full frontal male nudity. I know. It's great. Yeah. I, I mean, and, during not, not a great scene for the actor, but like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You have to sacrifice for your art. Yeah. Um, right, sh- shall, we, shall we move on to what we're going to watch next week? Yes, Dragon. So okay. I picked this week. Why don't yes. you go ahead and tell us what you're going to watch, what we're going to watch next week. Okay, so next week we are watching uh, a movie that is, uh, I have never seen, and Berto, I believe you've never seen it either, right? Correct. But it is a classic and we really should have. So we are going to remedy that and we are going to watch 1974's Young Frankenstein, uh, directed by Mel Brooks, starring Gene Wilder. It, uh, it comes in an hour and 48 minutes and it, it is currently streaming on Prime. Uh, two things. Number yes. one, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster, so sorry. And number two, uh, you can really, really annoy people uh-huh. by just saying to them, uh, no, 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 Frankenstein is the doctor. Yeah. The monster is Frankenstein's monster. Exactly. And then I, they can get really angry at you, but you are correct. I just can't, I just can't wait to be that, mm, actually. <laughs> oh, I've been doing that to my chick. And then I, we were watching uh, something, and then yeah. she was like, wait a minute. It's not Frankenstein? And I was like, I've been fucking annoying you about this for months. Yeah, but she doesn't listen. She completely tunes you out. It's why you guys work. I mean, it's the secret to our relationship. Uh, yep, so I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch it. I've, I, you know, I know it's like in in the ether, and I should have yeah, seen it by now. considered so. a classic where I should have seen it, yeah, and yeah. I just never got around to it. It's constantly on fucking Amazon Prime, and I just never yeah. watch it. Yep, so, so we're, we're going to do it. you're forcing me to do it. We are. All right, Dragon, why don't you go ahead and send us off? Oh, oh, okay, bye. Oh, okay, bye.